Climb aboard the struggle bus. You got problems just like us. Climb aboard the struggle bus. Let Kate and Sally help you. Welcome to the struggle bus. I'm Kate. I'm Sally. And we're here to fix your lives. That said, <laughs> I clicked away. That said, we're two people whose only qualifications to give you advice are that we have lots of feelings and lots of opinions. Neither of which are a substitute for professional guidance. What, Sally. What just happened <laughs> is that I cannot be trusted to remember the one phrase I say after we introduce ourselves. Which is, I'm Sally? No, that I actually do have down, finally. It's the that said part. It's the little disclaimer. And I clicked away to a different tab. Oh, okay. And so then I was like, I don't know what happens. Everything now. is scripted, just and so you know, guys. Everything is scripted. Um, and I did not cover for myself at all because I don't know how to improvise. No, that worked out pretty well. I think we figured yeah, it yeah, out. Yeah. Um, so thank you so much for everyone who's been tweeting at us at strugglebuspod, emailing us at strugglebuspodcast at gmail.com, using the hashtag strugglepodbuds420 animal photos. So many really, of them. Really, really good ones. I'm going to say that you guys are very good curators of cute animal photos because let's be honest, the yeah. internet is full of them yes. and you have to have a discerning eye and I'm, I'm proud to say that I think you guys do. Your animal game is on. And of course, tweeting at us at Sally T or at SPK Heller and also... Uh, uh, yes, if you found us through Lady Power Hour, hey. this is sort of the extended version of Lady it's Power so Hour. It's so true. Minus Allison and or Jenny, but right. you know, it's like right. It's like the Lady Power Hour remix. Yes. Um, I don't know, we're the original, yeah. Yeah, you're right, well, I, I guess. guess no, no it's that's confusing. not true. We met during Lady Power Hour. Have you guys Power seen Hour. Inception? Yeah, uh, it's, it's kind of like, like that. that. Yeah. But yeah. Um, or Memento. Both. I don't a little know. bit of both. Yeah, sure. Um, is Memento good or overrated? I liked it. I sort of loved it. I, you know what I'm really into right now, which is super freaky? Sense8. You know, I haven't started watching that yet because I'm afraid that it will scare me. It's not scary, but you can't watch it unless you have the, don't have the next two weeks of your life to waste. Oh, because it's like a binge situation? It's phenomenal. Oh, okay. And if you don't like it, that's fine. You're dead to me. Um, no, it's really good. The, it's really the, good. Um, it seems like atmospherically sort of dark, which is kind of scary. Yes to me. and no. It's really? actually okay. really cool. Um, it's very funny. Huh. It's very multicultural, multiracial, really smart writing, okay. really interesting, like just really fun and and intense. Maybe after I finish up with Dogs with Jobs, I'll move on to Sense. There's that. Yes, there's that. Yeah, can't stop watching. That. I know. I am. So, anything going on with you, Sally? Anything you want to talk about? Struggling or? I mean, nothing really. I'm feeling a little bit boring. Um, and bored with my own jazz at the yeah. moment, so I don't. I don't really have anything much. But uh, tell me about you. Gosh, well, I'm actually going to be uh, on a bus soon. Oh my god! It's sort of maybe a struggle bus, okay. or it may not. Okay. Um, it's uh, for a tour for the comedy podcast Keith and the Girl. And okay. You've heard us Great on that, podcast. Maybe. So they're doing a 10 year anniversary tour, and uh, I can announce three dates and locations. I will be uh, in Portland, Oregon, on October 10th. Los Angeles, California, October. 12th and Denver, Colorado, October 16th. And you can get tickets on ktg.com slash tour. And yes, we'll be on a bus for two weeks. It's awesome. Insane. I, I want to hear every detail about how that goes. Well, there's going to be a documentary too Holy shit. on the bus. Okay. So uh, I will uh, definitely keep you posted though. Yeah. And if you guys are in Portland or LA or Denver or nearby, you should definitely check it out because Keith and the Girl is an awesome podcast. Yes. It's very funny. Um, and I can only imagine the live show will be awesome. It's going to be great. And um, yeah, they're so nice. And um, yeah, check it out. Get it's involved. Awesome. It's going to be really fun. So other than that, really good. Yeah. Actually. Yeah. Yeah. Feeling good. 
and um, taking some time in the summer for myself. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Some so, weekends away. Some yes. Sun times. Yes, this is true, which is very nice. I cool. did a lot of floating this weekend in nice. the Adirondacks. In the like lake. what kind of were you talking river? Oh, lake. Lake, yeah. Okay. And I did um, paddle boarding. Is that where you stand up and you paddle on a surfboard? Yeah, that sounds right. I didn't fall. No, that's cool. I I've I've never done that. I feel not terrific about bodies of water that are like murky and potentially have Completely slimy. Completely agree. Them. Yes. So I would have in that situation floated but on the ground next to the water. I'm more of a pool person myself. Yeah, okay. I like to see below. I do too. I like a good ocean. I like a good clear ocean. Mm-hmm. Uh, a warm ocean. Yes. But I'm pretty picky about my bodies of water. Yeah, no, me too. But you know, you gotta go with the flow. Literally, huh? Unintended, Everyone. am I right? Oh my gosh. Uh, write in at uh, and you struggle pod buds 420 and tell us what kind of bodies of water you like. Yes. <laughs> you came and said, like, what do you like to float in? Um, cool, so should we get to the first First email? Yeah, let's do it. We got some great ones. We have um, awesome emails. Yeah, do you want to start? Um, yeah, sure. Okay. Why not? Okay. Uh, so they chose the name Ducky, which is just fantastic. Good choice. Hi, Kate and Sally. First of all, your podcast is wonderful. I've been listening to it on my drive-ins to work and while t- t- taking walks or going on runs. You've talked a lot in the last about in the past, sorry, about sexuality, so I hope this won't be too redundant for you. I am a gender-neutral and demisexual meaning I don't experience primary attraction to people, but instead will experience sexual attraction possibly after developing a strong emotional or mental bond. Anyway, I'm not out to many people because, oh, sorry, about either of these things, so this has led many people to assume my sexuality. Some assume I'm straight and others that I'm bisexual or lesbian. I've had many people assume I am in a romantic relationship with my best female friend, I've had people straight tell me they only believe I am gay and just denying it and so on. It is very frustrating to me because it adds weird tension in my life. For example, my current partner, who identifies as asexual, is sometimes worried I will eventually identify as bisexual or a lesbian since he had a girlfriend, two girlfriends in the past, do that and suddenly break up with him. It's also frustrating because people have used it to invalidate my relationships on the past as well, especially since right now me and my partner aren't officially dating but offer each other physical comfort and mental support. I guess I'm wondering how you think I should handle this because it's very frustrating to me to be constantly mislabeled. P.S. My fake name can be Ducky like the dinosaur from a land before time. However, it was a nickname I had in high school. Amazing nickname. I was thinking Ducky from... Um, Pretty in pink. Pretty in pink. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So either way, it's a winning. It's a winning nickname. Yeah, it is. So well done, Ducky. It is. Good. Good job. Next email. Yeah. Okay. No. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> You're doing great. Move on. So um, my thing about this is I have two reactions. One is about the labeling business. Mm. Um, I think that on the continuum of people who it's annoying to be mislabeled by, there's like strangers on the street, or um, I don't know, like a teacher or professor, and then like acquaintance, and then friend, then loved one, then family member, and so on. And like, I think you have to sort of decide how you're going to deal with each of those things. And like, the people who don't really matter that much, if they mislabel you, I mean, it always matters, but in terms of getting through your life um, and being okay and not having to stop and explain and educate people, you can say like the first half of the people on that continuum like fuck them they can mislabel me or misunderstand whatever and then everyone like after a certain point you do want to educate them you want them to understand you you want them to see who you are and and stuff like that um and a lot of times that ends up being just a lot of one-on-one conversations um yeah but that shouldn't have to be your job every day right i mean there comes a point and i think sally's mentioned this before where it's just not worth it sometimes, and you have to let it roll off your back. If people are asking you, I mean, I don't know why they're asking you or labeling you. That's 
fucking absurd, in my opinion. Um, if it's someone you care about and they're just curious or someone who's interested in you and they ask out of curiosity, I guess I can understand that. But it must get frustrating, yeah. especially because what you're talking about. I didn't know what a demisexual was, by the way. So that's interesting. Um, and I do get it, though. It does get frustrating. Uh, I, My best friend and I, uh, she... In high school, everyone thought we were lovers mm -hmm. because we were two girlfriends who hung out together and didn't have boyfriends. And it was like, okay. Well, there you go. But I also don't know how old you are, how old your friends are. But I feel that as you get older, this is the kind of thing that people realize it's not appropriate to ask mm -hmm. or label you. Um, but I'm just trying to think of like on a day-to-day, -day, if you're in a situation where this is happening, how can you best deflect it or get through it? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I mean, I think sometimes there's the, the thing of like, you're saying, Ducky, that people tell you like they really know who you are, what your relationship is. And I think that those people will either come around eventually or you can let them out of your life because they're denying the reality, <laughs> your reality. Um, but I do, I do sometimes think it takes some people time to get used to a thing that they didn't either think existed in people or mm -hmm. a thing that they didn't think you were all about. Um, and that's not fair. It shouldn't be like that. The way the world should be is that however we say we are, other people respect and understand and like integrate into their concept of who we are. But um, since that doesn't happen all the time, I think it's like a matter of, I mean, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I guess it is a matter of like figuring out like how you deal with it like in the moment um, because it's, it's frustrating and, and unfair. Let's get to the partner part. Um... How bad is the tension, and is it just because of a past relationship? Because that your partner's going to need to get over that. Yeah. Um, that's that's definitely your partner and not you. Um, if you're worried about it, though, I you guys just need to sit down and have a talk. Because uh, I've definitely had issues from past relationships that flow into current ones, and I've had the talking to of like, hey, Catherine, I'm not that person. You've got to let this go. Um, so if your partner is doing that to the point where it's getting really annoying, you've got to tell them something right I mean yeah. it, it, if it's definitely affecting your relationship come on yeah I mean I would say this situation doesn't have to do with how you identify or labels it has to do with your partner being insecure yeah. and um, not trusting probably the you know the the structure of your relationship and how you say you feel about them and that is like that's a that's a TP. That's a their problem. That is not a... That's <laughs> you just make that up? Or is yeah, that I say that sometimes. I love it. Um, something can be an HP. It can be a his problem it or It sounds her like problem. a Scientology term, but like it's definitely... <laughs> yeah, I have definitely... a whole language that goes along with being in... My... No. That's but, awesome. But like, yeah, like there's like a YP. That's a your problem. But this, I think this is like a their problem um, to figure out how they're going to be okay with who, whatever your identity is. And because people, I mean, not, you know... Being afraid that your partner is going to fall in love with someone else is called insecurity and jealousy. Yes. So, and you know, I've definitely been on that end, um, but I understand it is a MP. My problem. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, look at, look at that. We can play this game. Um, but yeah, I think overall, I would just say it's nobody's fucking business. And yeah, 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 yeah. People yeah. are going to ask you questions. That's a given. Uh, maybe they're curious because they're interested. But at the same time, on a day-to-day -day basis, I would just say, take care of you. And if yeah. there's people in your life that are annoying and asking you these questions, I don't know, just don't talk to them. Yeah, um, I might have said this on the show before, but I can't remember. But one thing that I learned when I was organizing is that 
there is a developmentally appropriate way to explain anything to anyone at no matter what age. So mm-hmm. you can like explain any concept to a two-year-old. You just have to use the words they understand and the concepts they're used to. And I sort of think the same thing goes when you're trying to explain how you identify with someone who doesn't have the same experiences or cultural references or words that that you have. You can kind of figure out what they're working with and figure out a way to explain it that they'll understand it kind of and kind of meet them where they are. I mean, some people can can sort of only wrap their minds around straight and gay and bi. And I'm not saying that you should identify something that you're not, but I'm saying that sometimes like those words and concepts can be a jumping off point so, for... Yeah, I have a question, listeners. Yeah. Remember a few episodes ago, um, Sally came up with the amazing idea of laminating a card for when you're at a bar with your partner oh, yeah. and guys come up to you and try to like be like, hey, you ladies having a good time? And then you just hand them the card that says a thing. Uh, as in why they shouldn't be bothering you. So you waste no one's time and everyone gets a point. Right. Uh, do we want to have cards for something like this too? Like, would you be interested in buying them if we did those? Or? Oh, like if we pre-printed? Yeah. yeah. Would this be a thing? I think it, I wonder how we would do it though so that they would be like customized for every possible variation because I feel like there are a lot of, Oh yeah, there's a ton you of know? variations. Yeah, we could do we could work some like fill in the blanks though. Yes. We'll think about it. Would you guys <gasps> use those cards? And also, would you use the card where it's like yeah, like you give it to someone who's like bothering you, and it just explains like why they shouldn't be stepping to you in public or something yeah, like that. Yeah, I like that. Well, you let us know. Yeah, let us know, guys. Uh, tweet at us, <laughs> and uh, yeah. All right, Ducky, I hope that helps. Ducky, let us know how it goes. Yeah, do. Um, all right, so this next uh, email is from someone who wants to be named something from Daredevil. Uh-huh. So already they're awesome. I'm going to choose Fuzzy. <laughs> Love it. I don't understand the reference, but it sounds amazing. Sorry about that. I That's said a text right. message. Anyway, um, <laughs> I turned that off just now. Okay, so Sally. Okay, uh, hi there, Struggle Bus Conductors, Kate and Sally. I love that, Struggle Bus Conductors. Yeah, it's cool. I just want to say I love your show, and you both are incredible people who do awesome stuff on the daily. I'll keep this short. I'll try to keep this short and jump right into my struggles. Um, I'm a cishet white guy, 25. Um, so I think I may be an alcoholic. I came to this realization slowly. I went for blood work about three years ago and found that my liver enzymes were elevated. This is possibly due to drinking, possibly not. Later on, after more medical mumbo jumbo and biopsies and such, I have fatty liver. No extensive damage, not a huge problem. This is all to say that I never questioned my drinking habits until I found that it may have been affecting these liver enzyme levels. It's a tough one to say three times. Yeah, I'm just Liver enzyme levels. First time I've ever said that phrase. (laughs) Um, I drank less, moving from about five drinks per night, three or more. Wait, sorry. Yeah, five Uh, drinks a night, three or more times a week. Thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Two about once a week. Reading aloud has never been something I'm good at. I totally freak out when I have to read the emails. I get super nervous, you guys. I'm really, I'm going to get better though. Okay. um, You're you're already Practice makes perfect. Fast forward to now. I've been in one-on-one therapy for around three months. Have quit smoking pot. It was a daily thing for four plus years, nearly a year ago. I drink about once a week, three or fewer drinks at a time. My therapist was the first person to suggest that I was an alcoholic. I have come to accept this, but I feel that since I have changed my behavior with alcohol already, I could continue to lessen my consumption slash drink socially when appropriate. My therapist has also encouraged me to attend an AA meeting. These are my thoughts on this. Pro, I can meet new people. I have social anxiety and struggle to make new friends, and meeting people in a sober environment could be helpful for me. Working through my issues in group therapy could improve my one-on-one therapy experience. Con. The meeting is held in a church, specifically the church I went to through childhood. I have not attended in years and no longer identify as Christian. I'm scared that it won't 
be an especially safe space since I have family members who, invo- who are involved with this church on a regular basis. I feel uncomfortable with the 12 steps and how God-based they are. The thought of walking into this meeting is giving me crushing anxiety. Maybe I'm not an alcoholic and I'm completely blowing this out of proportion. Wow, lists are amazing and they're helping. I guess my more specific questions for you are, do either of you have personal experience with a 12-step group therapy of any kind? What do you see as the benefits slash drawbacks? Is my con list legit or am I letting my anxiety get the better of me? Anyway, thank you both for the amazing show. Best, Fuzzy. Fuzzy. Um, Okay, I'll start. I don't have experience with a 12-step program. I should say that off the bat. I have friends who have, so I just want to preface this by saying I don't know much about them. I will say that um, much like a lot of things, it's not, are you an alcoholic, yes or no? There's a spectrum. Mm -hmm. And if you use alcohol to self-medicate, I think that is a problem. And I've definitely done it before where I'm like, I just want to forget my problems and like have a drink or whatever. Um, It's tough to say, it seems to me like you know you best and your shrink knows you very well. And if you feel that you're drinking in order to avoid anything, you might want to take a look at that. But insofar as getting help, I would recommend going to a group session, at least trying it out. But the whole church thing, I totally get it. It might freak you out. I have been told by people who are not religious that they really do like AA, even though there's a God thing there. They have been told, like, just use another higher power. The idea is that you need to give yourself up to something that is stronger than you, right? Um, I've had people who don't like it, so I, I don't know. Going to a church that you were raised in that is causing you anxiety, I would say maybe don't do that. Yeah, I would say if you do try AA, definitely don't go to this church. And I wonder if there's other ones near you, or I know there's some online AA mm-hmm. programs, so that's a thought. It is, I have heard it works. I've also heard that some people don't like it. Sally, do you want to? Yeah, um, I guess what I would say is I agree that there's no sort of like cutoff around like amount when it comes to drinking because you know for some people like two drinks is a problem for some people like five drinks is a problem for some people drinking five nights a week is a problem for some people like just within a once a week is a problem if they get like blackout drunk or whatever so there's no I don't think there's any like equation um but it sounds like you run the numbers in terms of using alcohol as a crutch and it sounds like you're aware that there's some kind of a problem there um and I think like I, I mean, I agree. I think AA is one of those things that is like either for you or it's not, but there's only one way to, to figure it out, and that's to go. Um, another option would be group therapy that's not AA. Um, there are a lot of people who swear by 12-step programs, and there are other people who don't swear by them at all. Um, and plenty of people manage their addictions and their habits and stuff in in 12-step programs, not in 12-step programs, in therapy, in group therapy, with all different kinds of things. Um, and... I think that there's like a lot of um, stigma around the way we drink and there's a lot of like assigning like problem labels and stuff like that to people. Um, And so I think that when it comes to figuring out like your own stuff, it should come from you and also your therapist who sounds like, you know, she knows what's up. Um, But I think it's it's like you knowing yourself and being super honest with yourself about what's going to be best and I totally agree with Catherine. I would not go to this church. I mean, <laughs> crushing anxiety, like avoid it at all costs. Um, but I think um, I'm just looking at your specific questions. Yeah. Um, and I think like you, it sounds like you kind of have an answer to the question of like, do you need help figuring out 
whether or not you're an alcoholic or whether or not this is a problem for you and the other questions about like well can you will you be able to you know drink socially and stuff like that I think that is that's stuff that you'll figure out little by little mm-hmm. um you don't have to know all of that now um I, I feel like I'm babbling I would say try AA not in that church and see if you like it uh, I, I have like an aversion to it personally because I've read some stuff about it and the higher power thing creeps me out and stuff. But for some people, it's like magical and life-saving and the only thing that works and so on. So I I don't know. Yeah, I would say also being that you're in therapy, which is great and you know yourself very well, I would say try AA, maybe hopefully not in that church. And if that doesn't work out for you, you can try something else. And talking to groups isn't group therapy. I'm just really co-signing this is super helpful because it makes you feel less alone Mm -hmm. and it can also help you answer questions about yourself. So I would say give it a shot. Mm -hmm. What's the worst that could happen is that you have a bad time. Yeah, I agree. And Fuzzy, um, doing I agree that meeting people in a sober environment is is awesome when you're trying to abstain from something. So if you can find people, I mean, maybe there are people around you who are like straight edge mm. or who are just like sober for other reasons um, or, or sober because they were alcoholics, like whatever. But I mean, maybe you can meet people outside of a therapeutic environment and like learn how to socialize without booze and stuff like that. Um, yeah. But uh, you sound really fucking self-aware and really on top of your shit. So whatever you decide, I think you're going to be just fine. Yeah, and don't be scared of being sober because there's times where I don't drink, like, drink for a period straight for whatever reasons, and my friends never give me shit for like, why aren't you drinking? Like, they're not your real friends. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people don't drink, so you yeah, know, don't I mean, be so afraid. Yeah, I mean, sorry if I thought that went, I thought that uh, goes without saying. If people are hassling you for not drinking, like, yeah. fuck them. But although he didn't say that, so okay. yeah, there's that. I'm um, just sort of projecting just in case that's one of the concerns, I guess. That's right? good to, yeah. Yeah, anyway, good to know. Uh, thanks, Fuzzy. All right, so I'm going to read this email. I'm not going to screw it up. Okay, well. It's so, so much pressure, right? I know, it's a lot. I know. Okay, <clears throat> so this is their choice, Batgirl. Love it. You guys. Hi, Kate and Sally. I prefer you not use my name. You can make up a name for me. If you can't think of anything, call me Batgirl or something. Stop right there. Done and of done. Of course we're going to call you Batgirl. <laughs> or something. Come on. Yeah. First off, thank you for your podcast. It has made me feel so much more normal hearing that other people are having the same struggles I have slash had. I have so many questions, but I'll try to narrow this down to one or two that I feel are more pertinent. As a background, I've been dealing with undiagnosed anxiety depression for as long as I can remember. In the past, child, teen, early 20s, it was more feeling sad and alone all the time and internalizing that as something being broken about me. I was bullied a lot and didn't really have any friends till high school. I still have a lot of trouble making, keeping friends, but I've come to terms with being alone a lot of the time and I'm more okay with it now. In my early 20s, which was the worst, it started morphing into more anxiety. I've had few, a few full-blown panic attacks, cardiac symptoms, hyperventilation, uncontrollable shaking. But most of the time, I managed to work through my feeling extremely anxious on my own using breathing techniques, aka singing at the top of my lungs, because it's the only way I have found that makes me both breathe deep and not hyperventilate, and by trying to logic my way out of it. I was recently making myself feel better about a concerning mole I was waiting to get seen by telling myself that if it was cancer, at least I could take a couple weeks off sick from work. Anyway, all this pushing any negative feelings down that I've been doing my whole life has resulted in me being constantly wound up. My anxiety will quickly skyrocket if anything scary happens, even as minor as angry raised voices and my reaction tends to be shutting down. Coming to the question, 
My partner has anger issues. I will preface this by saying I never feel personally threatened and he never gets violently angry at me or about anything I do. I am not worried about this turning against me in the least. It is always him internalizing a failure or minor setbacks as his own inadequacy. However, his outbursts do set off my anxiety to varying levels simply because he is being loud and angry. He knows it is a problem and is working on it by reading books, articles meant to help, and he has come a long way in at least controlling his outbursts, though I have no idea if that's reflective of his inner world. He's not willing to go to therapy as he is afraid it will affect his career. My question is, how can I help him while honoring my own feelings? Usually I will try to listen to him, but don't know what to say and will suggest we go out and exercise to work off the bad energy. Sometimes this works, but usually he says he doesn't have time, and a lot of the time I end up sitting there silently looking, in his words, terrified while he goes off. I have once or twice just left not in anger but because I couldn't be around that and have given him a few hours but don't feel it's helpful for him working through his issues obviously if I need to go for a walk and calm down I should do so this kind of feeds into other relationship problems like my not wanting to tell him that might things that might upset him because I don't want to deal with him being angry serious issues get discussed I mean more like noticing Noticing yeah, sorry, noticing damage to our property, etc. But I don't want to get this worse and start causing us not to talk about important stuff. How can I either help him through his anger or work on my anxiety so it doesn't get me worked up? Sincerely, Batgirl. All right, Batgirl. All right, Sally. I'm going to say you don't need to and you shouldn't help him through his anger and you don't need to work on your anxiety so that it doesn't get so that you don't get so worked up I mean you should it sounds like you do really need to work on your anxiety generally but like not with not because you need to do it in reaction to your partner Um, you need to do it so you can get through life in general because it sounds like you're saying that you're like hyper reactive so that things that wouldn't you know generally cause most people to get extremely anxious make you very very anxious so that means that regardless of the relationship you're in, you're gonna sort of have like a hair trigger for getting really upset. But this is like, what's happening, what your partner's doing, like this is a different thing. Like when you say, I will preface this by saying I never feel personally threatened and he never gets violently angry at me or about anything I do, that's where you're at. Like that, you know, that is like, how you're categorizing how you're characterizing your relationship is like it's okay because I'm not physically threatened and honestly like you say I'm not worried about this turning against me in the least it already is turning against you um there are other ways to be to experience violence there's emotional violence there's emotional abuse um and it sounds like your partner has like a lot of things he needs to deal with that are not going to be dealt with by reading books and articles yeah um, I have a lot of thoughts. Um, he's got to get his stuff in order and it's not your job. You're yeah. already dealing with a lot right now. You're walking on eggshells with this person. And I'm sorry, it doesn't matter. He doesn't have to hit you for it to be abuse. Right. If he's yelling, if he's, uh, I, I read the thing about the furniture or, right? Something like property that. Property damage. Yeah, property damage. Oh, like, I think, but I think what Batgirl is saying is I that. I was confused by that. Sorry, Like, yeah. I think Batgirl is saying that if, if she notices that property is damaged, oh, she wouldn't bring it up because I he understand. Would get upset. Still, that is something. But that's still that's you're a walking huge, on eggshells. Yeah, exactly. Um, he has anger issues and he needs to deal with them. Now he he says he can't go to therapy as it will affect his career. Uh, as I said to Sally earlier, 
unless he's the president of the organization for people who refuse to go to therapy, he's not going to get fired. <laughs> yeah, that's a really good point. Unless um, he's the fucking spokesperson on television right. saying, I will not go to therapy. Right. He's not going to lose that, his job. Right. I mean, the thing is also that whatever he, his career is, um, and, and even if he actually would lose his career by going to therapy, which I don't and understand how that would happen. I get that. Right, but he's prioritizing not dealing with his problems he's prioritizing this basically i don't i don't want to assign it i don't want to say this is emotional abuse but it sounds like it's me but he's choosing that over fixing things in his life um and that is not acceptable you're you i mean you said that you can shut down with even something as minor as angry raised voices that tells me that you know you're going to want to deal with that because raised voices are very common and if you shut down every time you hear something that's like really common that's gonna be a problem for you in life all the time but this sounds like it's going beyond minor raised voices this is getting into territory of being incredibly frightening um getting to the point where you're saying like let me just preface this by saying he's not being violent towards me Yes. And also, uh, going back to the therapy thing, I do understand there's a stigma for therapy and maybe he's worried that if his buddies or his boss find out he's in therapy, they might think of him as being weak. I get that. I think it's an excuse. I just feel that it is. And he's not getting any help. Reading a book doesn't do much. Mm -mm. You know what I mean? Um, I'm going to tell you this. It's not going to get any better. It's not. And I'm saying this from experience. I was with somebody a while back where he had anger issues and it just got worse. Uh, I don't know you, obviously, and I don't want to make a prediction, but nine times out of ten, it doesn't just end. And I think you need to take a look at your life and your future. Do you want to live the rest of your life with this? Something needs to change. Um, it's scary, but you have to set, I don't want to use the word ultimatum, but like you have to really figure out what you want. And he's something's got to change because mm-hmm. this is not working out for you and it's going to get worse. I just feel. Yeah, I, I agree. And um you know, I think another really important thing is that it's just not your job to help him through his anger. He's an adult. This is an HP. This is a, his problem. I mean, he needs to figure out how to be in the world. Like there, there are times when we, all, you know, we all compromise and we all find ways to like, you know, if one partner is a little sensitive to this and the other partner does that a little too much, you like meet in the middle, like where one partner tries to be a little less sensitive and the other partner tries to do a little less of that thing. But this is, sounds like it's far beyond that. And, and this just, it's not your job to fix him. It's your job to take care of yourself and not just take care of yourself so that you can like survive. It's your job mm-hmm. to take care of yourself so you can like have a partner who loves you so that you can be happy in life and so that you can be fulfilled. And Anyone who says that they don't have time for therapy, I, I that's just not a thing. You're doing a lot of self-blame. You're saying the outburst set off my anxiety. And it's like, no, he just shouldn't have these outbursts. Mm-hmm. Whether or not you're anxious, it's obviously making it worse. But this is, he needs to deal with this because it is affecting you. But even if you did not have anxiety, this would be affecting you. So don't blame yourself. Yeah, I can't, being someone who's having an angry outburst, I, I mean, I, I don't think I have anxiety like you have. And still, being around someone who is having an angry outburst, I like this would out. be incredibly upsetting. So um, if you can try to blame yourself less, that would be awesome. And if you want to think about being in therapy so you can figure out, you know, how to deal with your own anxiety and also how to extricate yourself from this situation um, or what the next step is, in this situation, I think that's great too. Yeah, if you're worried about setting him off about like property damage or like, oh, we need a new couch, that's 
Yeah, that's bad that's news. That's hard, dude. Yeah. You know, of course it's going to make whatever you have worse. So yeah. I would say he, it's not you, it's him. You need to figure out the next steps. But I feel, again, I could be wrong, it's not going to get better. It's only going to get worse unless there's some major changes. Yeah, I'm emphatically nodding. Do not need to deal with that. I mean, definitely if you can, get in therapy yourself. I think yeah. that might help as well. Absolutely. Um, but it's not your fault. Yeah. No, it's not your fault. Keep us posted. Um, that girl. Yes. And great uh, name. Yeah, man. Great mm. name. And um, yeah, yeah. Let us know how it all goes. Yeah. So um, this episode is a little bit past the two weeks because Sally and I yes. had a very busy, weird summer. Um, we're going to try to keep it at two weeks, mm-hmm. but as you know, sometimes things happen. We so like to mix it up. We really love hearing from you, though. So definitely tweet at us at strugglebuspod. Email us at strugglebuspodcast at gmail Use the hashtag strugglepodbuds420. Animal photos and tweet Always at us. Yes, at s at Sally T and at SPK Heller. So, Sally, you have the song of the week. Song time. Okay, I agonized about this as usual, but I realized that I wanted to, I wanted something mellow and sort of um, introspective and not heavy, but also, you know, kind of a thinker. And so um, this week, the song is Beautiful by Masta Ace. I don't know this one. It's from his 2004 album, A Long Hot Summer. Um, I think this album was like fairly well received critically. I kind of don't remember, but um, I, I recommend that you just like close your eyes and like listen to the song and try to like think about things that are beautiful in life and mm. not not like um, not like something cheesy. No, but <laughs> and, that's... and beautiful like a like a sunset, but like the everyday thing. <laughs> Sunsets are so cheesy, guys. But like the um, but like the things in your life that are like real and tangible, but also beautiful. And that's it. That is so great. I can't wait to hear it. So thank you so much for listening. Thanks, I'm Kate. Da- I'm Sally. And <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Yeah. 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 BK. Uptown. Boogie down. Queens, beautiful, Charlene. Listen, I got a lot to say. Usually my smile stay locked away, but not today. I have to laugh on the real, I have to mask kind of ill like I'm Dr. Dre. Sometimes I run to the club and get faded This game make you get jaded, I just hate it But this song is a different kind of feeling It's a new kind of dealing, it's a special kind of healing And I can show what it is Best flow in the biz, you know what it is Positive over negative, see the ace of master Even when I face disaster I rise up above, see people still showing me love Got the respect without dropping a check this hip hop thing might stop in a sec. So, this brand new hit, you can pop in the deck. It's beautiful. So, look inside yourself. Something you never felt. Feeling like nothing else. What's inside goes beyond your mind. It's beautiful. So, look inside yourself. Something you never felt. Feeling like nothing else.
nothing else What's inside goes beyond your eyes This is brand new Uptown, still in a box This the Yankees, 10-0, killing the socks. This ain't hugging the block with a gat in your hand This is Boca Rattan on a catamaran With the sun beaming down where you at in the sand I feel like I'm more than a cat with a plan This feels like it's more than a flash in the pan This is milk in a cup and cash in your hand This is a warm coat on the coldest night That's why I stole this mic, y'all don't hold this right Nope. First in the class of many This is a bottle of Jack, no, a glass of Henny Now drink it up till there ain't nothing left in it I'm reppin' it, BK, that's a definite Just more of these amazing rhymes A song like this in these days and times is beautiful So look inside yourself Something you never felt Feeling like nothing else What's inside goes beyond your mind It's beautiful So look inside yourself Something you never felt Feeling like nothing else What's inside goes beyond your eyes the most beautifulest thing ever And it's here to bring terror to the bling era You can feel it in your inner It's like grandma's house, Thanksgiving dinner It's like a day in the park Or at night when you get the ball and you play in the dark It's that street corner music where most cats When they pull that heat, go and use it I see a black man aiming his gun But I'd rather see a black man claiming his son You know the sound is pretty even when you gotta get down and gritty This is money in the bank like you down with Diddy This a helicopter ride around the city And we love it cause it bought us here This a young mother braiding her daughter's hair It's beautiful It's beautiful So look inside yourself Something you never felt Feeling like nothing else, what's inside goes beyond your mind So look inside yourself, something you never felt Feeling like nothing else, what's inside goes beyond your eyes